Richard, you may be wondering why I gathered you here today. Why did you gather me here today? All of me together. All of my cells and organs have been gathered in one place. Well, on the channel, we have a video titled, What are the Dreamlands? Mm -hmm. However, it's one of the videos where you were talking into the wrong microphone. Yes. And it's not very good audio. Yeah, I'm just checking to make sure I am in fact talking to the right microphone now, and I am. Okay, good, perfect. So, I figured we redo that video. Okay. So this is like Vardy remaking his videos in Dark Souls Remastered. Yeah, pretty much. But in this case, it's just being remade due to ineptitude. Yeah. 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 So, I actually prepared questions for this one. Okay. And they were partly inspired by the previous video. Yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. Are you going to reuse the thumbnail I made? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I agree. It's very, very yeah. beautiful. That, that's an early like phase of us becoming unlistenable. <laughs> yeah. It started off reasonably, like normal and then i started making those terrible thumbnails and i think <laughs> i think we've been trapped in a feedback loop since then where we've been making each other act increasingly stupider yeah 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 <laughs> i was actually listening to the previous what are the dreamlands episode yeah to form some of these questions yeah and as Michaela pointed out the other day, yeah, it's much less chaotic and um, much more respectful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, hi, Richard, could you please tell me this? Thank you very much, Richard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for your time, Richard. <laughs> oh, those, those were the days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, piece of shit. Okay. First question. Yep. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> so, the dreams and nightmares in Bloodborne are inspired by Dreamland from Lovecraft's work. Kind of, yeah. Okay. So, what are the Lovecraftian Dreamlands? The Lovecraft text that is most influential upon what Bloodborne does is called The Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath. And the idea in that is that there are these places called the Dreamlands. And they're called that because you can kind of astral project yourself there when you're dreaming. So it's not like this is, it's called the dream and the nightmare, but it's not literally a dream or nightmare that someone's having. It's like when someone is asleep, they have this out-of-body experience and they find themselves in this other place. And then when they wake up, they're back where they were to begin with. Mm -hmm. And the dreamlands in Lovecraft, how are they created? Well, it's interesting because they just sort of are. They just sort of exist. And they're, they're independent of the world. Like, they're independent of Earth. They're not. It's like if you, um, if you had a, a dream and then in that dream you were on another planet. And then it turned out that that wasn't a dream. You actually were going there. It's like that. But the thing is that 
the um the dreamlands in Lovecraft and the dreamlands in Bloodborne are kind of malleable. The uh if someone is especially sort of mentally strong or has been has spent a long time in the dreamlands, they learn to sort of shape reality around them. So that's I think where they get the idea that the uh the hunter's dream is based on this real place that German remembers because there's a recurring character in the Lovecraftian Dreamlands called King Curaness, and he's a character who he's um he's actually similar to I think it's partially autobiographical because Lovecraft came from a very well-to-do kind of erudite family with a big uh, like library and a big house and everything, and then when his father died, they sort of found themselves slipping down, and Lovecraft himself kind of ended up dying in poverty. And this this Curaness character, he is uh, he's an old um, he's either an alcoholic or an opium addict. I can't remember exactly, but he's like he's like a depressed guy who he he dreams for and longs for this this memories of like a happier time when he was a child and uh, when he was a younger man. There was uh, like like yeah, a big um, house, like a mansion, sort of thing that his family owned, and like a town by the sea and everything that he remembers, and that's all that's all gone from him now. And he's this this like uh, sort of washed up drug addict. So he ends up retreating into the dreamlands as sort of a means of escape. And he spends so long there that he gains the ability to shape them. And he ends up recreating the places that made him happy when he was younger in the dreamlands. So I, I think that's partially where the inspiration behind German comes from. The idea that German is trapped in this dream, but the dream is a reflection of a happier time in his past. Oh, cool. Okay, so let's move on to Bloodborne, and I'm going to ask you a couple of, like, general questions. Okay. And then we'll talk about each location in detail. Okay. So, in Bloodborne, we have the real world, the dreams, and the nightmares. And in the past, you mentioned that there's no distinction between dreams and nightmares, that they're the same type of thing. Yeah, I'd say that, yeah. Okay. And how would you, like, define the dreamlands and nightmares in Bloodborne? They're another another plane of existence, like a parallel universe or something would be one way of looking at it, or like a, a world that is sort of beyond our comprehension, but we can, we can still travel there. It's almost like it's a, it's a um, plane where thoughts are of paramount importance. So it's a it's a world where you can just think things into being, and things can be conjured up from traumatic events that happened. So if something like a a traumatic event can occur, and that sort of imprints itself physically upon the dreamlands. And a particularly powerful, like, mind can start shaping the dreamlands in certain ways. And things can be conjured into being in the dreamlands because, you know, consciousnesses recall them. It's almost like the dreamlands are a kind of, uh, like, a reflection of the consciousnesses that inhabit them. So as, as these consciousnesses are drawn into the dreamlands, they start to shape themselves around that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cool. And so, 
You know, there is like the dreamlands, nightmares, and then there's the real world, right? Um, I think, well, the thing is like the dreamlands are still real though. Right. Yeah. So that, I think that's why they specify the waking world mm-hmm. because the things that happen in the dreamlands aren't less real. They're just, um, of a different nature. Like if, if someone goes to the dreamlands and dies, like they still die. It's not a, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's where my question was kind of going. So like none of these things, whether you're in Yarnum or whether you're in the nightmare of Mansis. Yeah. None of these things are literal dreams. No, they're not literally a dream. They, they have a kind of dream logic to them, but they're not literally dreams. Okay. Super. And the Nightmare of Mansus, for example, yeah. has Mikalash, who's called the host of the Nightmare. Yeah. What's he called in Japanese, and what is it meant? Like, what does his role represent? It's, it's more like Mikalash, the master of the Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I think they use host in the sense that, like, you would host, uh, like, if someone comes to your house, you're the host. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that host can also mean, like, it's literally being hosted inside you. So when we saw, like, host of the nightmare, there was this assumption that, oh, host of the nightmare means the nightmare is inside his head. But it's not. It's more like it's just his nightmare. He's taken over it. It looks like early on he he um very overtly sort of staked a claim to it. Because there's this unused Mikolash dialogue where he's talking, like, he's working his way through projecting himself into the nightmare. And toward the end, he starts calling it my nightmare. Like, I found my nightmare. So calling him, like, the master or the host probably made more sense at that point. But it, it sort of doesn't now, because he's very clearly not in control of it. Yeah. he's He's trapped there and he can't leave, yeah. So, more accurately would be, like, a guy who lives in the nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay. He's uh, similar to German, I guess. Huh. Yeah. And, and he has his own dolls. He does. Mm-hmm. They're a little more terrifying, but they're still dolls, right? Mm. They're also all Erden. <laughs> okay. One thing we didn't talk about before is there's there's two ways you can get to the dreamlands. Mm-hmm. And there's and this is mirrored in Lovecraft as well. So you can either dream yourself there, which is what Mikolash is doing, for example. I mean you find Mikolash's corpse in a chair in the waking world, but his consciousness is in the nightmare of Mensis. That's different to and it's also true of like all those chairs around Mensis, where there's all these people that are like projecting themselves. But if you look at, like, our character, for example, when we get picked up by the amygdala, we just go to the... We're not projecting ourselves there. We are just taken to the dreamlands by this, like, monster, and we're just, like, plopped down there. Like, we were just picked up and put down there. And another example would be, like, Moonside Lake. Moonside Lake is presumably part of the dreamlands, but we don't dream ourselves there. We just jump off a thing into a lake, and then we, we wind up there. Mm-hmm. And there's a, like there's hunters, for example, in the Nightmare Frontier who I'm pretty sure didn't dream themselves there. They were taken there. Mm-hmm. 
So, and that's also a thing in Lovecraft where, like, this happens with, I think it, it does happen with Curtis, where if you, if you die in the dreamlands, you don't, you wake up again, but you can never go back again by dreaming yourself there. And there's a character, I've completely forgotten who it is, but they, they, um, they die in the dreamlands and they become despondent because they can't get back and they spend the rest of their life searching for a means to go back there. And they find that there are actual, there are like entrances to the dreamlands and caves and things that you can just walk in and you go back there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So now I'd like to talk about each one of the dream locations in. Okay. Okay, let me let me do that again. It's still pretty early. Yeah, and you're doing a dip 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 That's like if you're working on a program and and the screen starts to like fade toward white and you know something's gone wrong, but you don't know what it is yet. Yeah. If you was like dip 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 and you're like, uh oh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's in um. I think I told you this in one of the podcasts, but I think. Okay, I told you this on the Death Stranding podcast that's going to be on Patreon. Yeah. But, yeah, what you just experienced, this you know this, but this is for the benefit of people who probably don't understand, is a made-up language I have sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it kicks in when I can't say something or yeah. or when it's early. And I just, I just speak in my make-up language because it's like, yeah. it's easier. Is it, yeah. is it really a language, though? It's more just like... <laughs> It's yeah, like, but it's <laughs> it's less complicated than like bird calls. I don't think it's fair to call it a language. <laughs> it is a language because I use it differently in different situations. Okay. And my boyfriend knows exactly what we, each one means because I use it with him a lot. I would say it's it's still more complicated than the sirens I make. So yeah, I think it could be a language. Yeah, we really need like anthropologists to study you. I learned how to make another thing. Do you want to hear it? Okay. (laughs) My boyfriend's going to kill me because that's like the worst one yet. You ready? Okay. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I I think it sounds like a goat. (laughs) To me, it sounds like, like angry birds fighting over an old ship. I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's a thing. <laughs> I just made it spontaneously. It's like you got to stick your tongue out and like open your mouth and go. Ah! <laughs> it, it sounds like when flocks of cockatoos land on the roof and they just keep making, they make that noise while shelling nuts. <laughs> so it's that noise with what sounds like hail as the nuts that they're eating are being thrown on the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People think that, like, oh, well, you you live somewhere where parrots just land in the garden. That must be fascinating. It's like, no, they're just little shits. Like, they just <laughs> they just wreck everything and make all this noise and, like, rip parts of trees off and throw them around. Yeah, it's the thing you showed me, right, on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, pe- the people over the fence have a tree with, I think it's like walnuts or something. 
So Great. when they when the parrots come here, they land there and they pull all the walnuts off and then they hop onto the roof and they like shell them because they're smart enough to shell them. So Whoa. they rip the shells open and then they just throw the shells off the roof. So there's this constant rain of nuts falling from the sky while these birds go ah, ah, <laughs> each other and it's like shut up. I feel like I'm related to those birds. Yeah. Okay, so so back to yeah. when the podcast was might have become good, but it went in a different direction. You know what? I felt in my heart like, oh, this is going so well. We are so yeah. on topic. Yeah. We sound so professional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the podcast was, was a, a road we were going down. The topic was at the end of it. Then there were also a whole lot of little like side streets. And the longer we've done it, the more that we have encouraged each other to take another, like, why don't you go, where don't we go down here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, speaking of dreams, yeah. I had a dream, right? Because I streamed Alien Isolation I saw. I saw that you were doing that, yeah. Yeah, it was so scary. So I had a dream about, like, sneaking away from aliens and stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of like a game or a movie. But you know how usually you're the protagonist, right? Well, mm-hmm. I was the bad guy. I was right. going around and like killing people and I was like, oh no, the alien is after me. Well, I better kill this person so the alien eats their body so I can run away. Like the entire dream and I was like plotting yeah. and scheming and I almost got caught, but I didn't. Alien 3 almost did that and they removed that. Oh yeah? Yeah, Alien 3 has this like... It's still kind of in there, but mostly it got cut out in editing, where one of the people starts worshipping the alien and wants to bring Ooh. sacrifices to it. And that would have been interesting, but yeah. uh, they, they didn't go with it. Uh-huh. Did my dream predict cut content? It predicted cut content from 1993, yes. Oh, man. My powers are growing stronger. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So now let's talk about each location specifically. Okay. There's the Hunter's Dream, the Moonside yep. Lake, the Lecture Hall, the Nightmare Frontier, the Nightmare of Menses, and the Hunter's Nightmare, right? Yes. Okay. So let's start with the Hunter's Dream. Mm-hmm. How was it created? The Moon Presence was summoned in the workshop by Lawrence, and it just says his associates... So I guess Lawrence, German, and uh, however many other people were there, probably not very many other people. Maybe no one. Um, alternatively, when it says Lawrence and his associates summoned it, it might mean that Lawrence and his associates all worked together on summoning it, but only Lawrence and German were actually there. But when the Moon Presence was summoned at the workshop, it created the Hunter's Dream as a sort of reflection of the workshop. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's a trophy that says that you discovered an abandoned old workshop, the source of the Hunter's Dream. Yeah. And then we discovered the actual workshop. So, basically, the Hunter's Dream is like a copy-paste of the workshop. Yeah. Yeah, presumably when the uh, Moon Presence was summoned, it, like, it appeared, I guess, in... I, well, either it appeared in the workshop or it somehow drew the, the workshop into the dreamlands. It's not actually clear what happened, but mm-hmm. because that's where it was summoned, that's what the world it created was based on. 
that's why you find that third umbilical cord on the little altar. Mm-hmm. Because they used that third cord to summon the moon presence. And then when it appeared, it created this copy of the workshop in the Dreamlands. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. And who inhabits the dream? German. Oh. You know, a lot of people know that, but he is there. <laughs> um, well, you could technically miss him. Yeah. If yeah. you, well, maybe. Like, I guess depending on how you play it, you could probably miss him. If you hit him enough times, he disappears until the end of the game. Well, there you go. So I guess if, if you were like Dark Side Phil or something and you were just randomly attacking shit, you might miss him. Yeah. Yeah, and then you wouldn't even know who he is and then you'd forget about him. Yeah. So this might be news to someone. Yep. Yeah, German yep. is in the workshop. <laughs> He's in the workshop. Mm-hmm. And there's there's the doll. Oh, the doll. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. you could also miss her if you never gain any insight. Yeah. And if you just never die at all in the game. Yeah. It would just be like, what's happened? Exactly. Why am I suddenly here at the end of the game with the workshop on fire? You wouldn't know what the workshop is, though, right? Exactly. It's. I mean, they, it's terrible design. <laughs> They're not taking into account that someone would do a complete playthrough of Bloodborne without ever dying or using a lantern on their first attempt. Yeah. Lazy. Or it would be even more confusing, because what if you do find the other workshop, and then you're transported into this workshop, and it's a little different, but it's the same, and you're going to think it's a glitch, and you're going to turn off the game, and you're never going to finish it. It's just fucking mess. <laughs> it's worse than these podcasts. I know. And something else that inhabits the hunter's dream is the messengers. Yes. And one other thing that you can find in the dream is... Hats for messengers to wear. <laughs> oh. Uh, you can find... Uh, workshop where you put blood in things no the moon presence yes no Uh. the moon presence is something you can miss for real yeah yeah and Mm. you can and if you find it it's just as confusing as if you hadn't found it (laughs) yeah that's true it's very very confusing okay so i guess we should talk briefly about the people and beings we find in the workshop and how they got there. Okay. 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 So German, how did he get into the dreamlands? German, we are pretty sure was just taken to the dreamlands when the dream was created, that he was just snatched there by the moon presence and by, uh, he, he and Lawrence would have been like, just taken basically. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there is a, a German corpse somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe every corpse with a top hat is a German corpse. Maybe. Oh, not a top hat, but you know that hat I'm thinking of? Well, he has a top hat when he's a boss, but not normally. So maybe, like, the top hat means he's dead. It's all very meta, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So, and you mentioned this before, he's the equivalent of Mikolash. 
yeah, they have similar roles. And that makes sense, because I was wondering if every dream has a host or a master, but if a host or a master is just a guy that lives there, then... The dreams all have, like, an origin, like something that creates them. But they continue after the thing is gone. So, like, the moon presence creates the hunter's dream. But then if you kill the moon presence, the dream doesn't disappear. The dream stays there. And that's actually one of my questions. Do you think that the dreams or nightmares or whatever dissipate after a while, or do they stay there forever? It, I think it would depend on, like, the the consciousnesses that were inhabiting it. Because if you look at, like, the Nightmare of Mensis, and you compare it to the Hunter's Nightmare, like, the Hunter's Nightmare is a model of Yarnum, and you can see, like, out into the distance, there's a whole lot of different buildings that are copied there. Mm-hmm. But then, if you look at the Nightmare of Memphis, it's basically just some rocks and this, like, mist. So I'm wondering if, like, with time, because it's just inhabited by beasts, that their memories weren't as strong and eventually, like, parts of it started to fade away and you were left with just that castle part and some, like... Yeah, you were left with just the castle and some, like, rocky outcroppings. Maybe it, maybe when that was first created, it looked different. Mm-hmm. Mm. What about the hunter's dream? Well, that that's a pretty solid match for the workshop. The, I mean, there are differences, like the gate's different, and the, the way you get there is different. Well, there's a little, like, um, kind of outcrop thing that German, like a little garden that German sits in sometimes. That's not there in the, in the workshop. Is that the one where the bath messengers are nearby? Yeah, so I'm wondering if, mm-hmm. like, maybe that... Because it's, it's not like it's there, but inaccessible. It's just not there at all. So maybe he took up gardening and created that little area. Well, I'm wondering if, like, that if that was dreamed up for him to sit in. Hmm. As, like, a little, like, meditative area for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's where you find him sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know how in the in the hunter's dream there's another very obscure and hard to notice thing that exists the tree the fucking giant pillars in the distance Oh those yeah What are those No one knows But no no one had any idea at all when yeah. it came out and no data mining has turned up anything about what they're supposed to be at all They turned up a name they're called shrines. Yeah. And also Lance went on top and saw their yeah. top. Yeah. And that's important because people would say, like, before we could go there, oh, I looked at them and you can see there's movement and there's, like, another hunter's dream on top of them, but there's not. I never said that and I never agreed with that. Yeah, I, I never said it either, but other people did. So they they are just, like, wooden poles. There is nothing there. Yeah. I never said it, but what I said was stupider. I said they represent a cage. You know, like a bird cage? Yeah. They look like bars. Right. So maybe I should have just stuck with... (laughs) I actually also thought there were dreams on them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And they're also... Okay, let's talk about the messengers now. What are the messengers? No one knows. Thanks a lot, Richard. You truly are the Lord of Lore. 
thank you. You know, it's like Mikolash is like the Lord of the Nightmare, yeah. but turns out it's just a guy who lives in the Nightmare. Yeah. You're like the Lord of Lore, but turns out you're just some guys who knows something about lore. Well, the messengers, uh, they just explained us like these are little things that live in the dream. Mm-hmm. And that they revere the hunters and they follow the hunters around and sort of like, they're like little, um, little companion sort of familiars. They're never given an origin or any kind of like explanation. It looks like they were going to play a bigger role in earlier versions and they were kind of cut down. Yeah, because we find statues of them in the labyrinths and like in Yarnum and stuff like that. Yeah, you find them in Yarnum. There was going to be, and kind of still is, uh, enemies that attack you with messengers. Yeah. And the the impression that you get from those enemies is that the messengers may actually be like dead children, like the spirits of these dead children. Yeah. Because there, there are these ghost women in the labyrinth, and they very, very, very rarely attack you with a messenger. Like they shoot them out as like it's it's actually the same uh, attack as the executioner's gloves as just messengers. So these three little messengers fire out and very slowly hone in on you. And it's extremely rare and extremely hard to trigger, but it does happen. And the the concept art of those ghosts shows them with big pregnant stomachs that have like cuts on them, and you can see these like sort of like blood. Uh, messenger things reaching out. Mm-hmm. And, and another... I was going to talk about the crawlers. No, I was going to talk about the crawlers. Okay, talk about the crawlers. I was going to be like, and another thing that points toward them being children is the thing you mentioned in one of your videos yeah. about the crawlers when they attack you, like you can see messengers in like their... Yeah. What could be their uterus, I guess, or whatever. Well, the thing is that the crawlers look a lot like Cos. Yeah. And with Cos, Cos was cut open, like, vertically. And, like, ripped open and the child was pulled out of her. And the crawlers look a lot like that. They look like they've been cut open at the bottom. And when they rear up, you can see that there's these messengers stuck under them that sort of reach out at you. Yeah. So there again, like, the messengers look like they're standing in for children. And the Orphan of Cause could look like a really tall... Messenger, yeah. And even the Winter Lanterns, like, the way that they hum. We talked about this with Michaela. The Winter Lanterns hum looks like it's supposed to be a commentary on the way that the doll hums Bayou Bayou. So if you imagine, like, they're, they're humming a lullaby, then maybe, like, the messengers are like children and they're, stick- they're like, following the lullaby. And sort of, yeah. And also, we mentioned this at some point. I don't know if it was in a podcast or while talking. Rom's concept art, uh, her face looks a bit like a messenger face. Yeah, she has a more human-looking face than concept art. Yeah. Sort of, like, distorted a bit. The other thing is the messengers all look like they have some kind of birth defect. If you look, they all have, like... Yeah. Um, like, like cleft, the, palette cleft and palettes stuff. and things. And there's all that talk in... It's not, again, played up that much, but it's mentioned by, like, characters and little bits of text that there's, like, a curse upon the children. They talk about, like, the children will suffer, and there's, like, the 
some of the Chalice Dungeon items you need are just said, like, this is like a stillborn infant, that something went wrong in, during the birth and the infant died. And the Great Ones themselves, like, they, their children, like, it's not that they can't have children, it's that when they have children, the children die. Right. So I'm wondering if the messengers are, are meant to be something to do with that, where you have, like, these children, like, the the sort of the infants that um, they die very, very young and almost like they're, they become messengers in a kind of purgatory. Yeah, because they're described as very childlike. And it fits with Orphan of Cause, because Orphan of Cause is the same deal, where it's uh, the child died, like, very, very young, and the whole area where you encounter the orphan is modelled after one of the hells where children who died before their parents were sent. And as you said, like, the orphan does look like a really big messenger. So I'm wondering if the messengers that we encounter are, like, a lesser version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool, thank you. Um, okay, so let's talk about the doll. Okay. Um, well, actually, <laughs> actually. we have, like... Yeah. <laughs> We have like three different podcasts on her now. Yes, we do. So, if you're really curious about the doll, check out the podcasts about the doll, which I will link in the description or something. Yeah. Because we talk about her a lot. Yeah. And I feel like it can't be summarized adequately into like. She's one of the top mysterious things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, okay, and let's talk about the moon presence. Okay. What's the moon presence, and what role does she play in the dream? The moon presence is the great one who created the hunter's dream. And she is summoned by Lawrence and German and however many other people using the third chord that you find in the workshop. So they're trying to commune with the great ones, they go through a mostly removed from the final game quest to get another third chord because they uh, they know from what happened at the fishing hamlet that you can use a third chord to contact the great ones. So they go on a convoluted quest to find another third chord. They manage to find one. They take it to the workshop. They I don't know exactly what happens if they create the red moon or. It may have had something to do with old Yarnum. It's very confusing. But anyway, they the uh, they somehow summon the Red Moon, and then they use the third chord to make contact with the Great Ones. And the Great One that shows up is the Moon Presence. And it's referred to as the... It's called the Moon Presence in English and Japanese. It's just called, like, the Moon Demon or the Moon Monster. And it's, just, it's called that because it appeared during the Red Moon. So that's what they just call it. Mm-hmm. And... Its name is Flora. The doll calls it Flora. Uh, She has a prayer that's like Flora of the Moon of the Dream. She's talking about the Moon Presence. And uh, there was a lot of confusion over what that meant. She is referring to the Moon Presence. And there is like, there's a removed line from German where he, he just outright calls her Flora and says Flora will descend when he's talking about her. So, the Moon Presence's name is Flora. And she, yeah, she is the great one that, um, like all great ones, she wants a child. 
because she can't have children of her own without them dying. And uh, when German is asleep, you can hear him say, like, Lawrence, Lawrence, what's taking you so long? Presumably what's gone on there is that part of the... They talk about there being a contract between the Great One and the, the Moon Presence and Lawrence and the Hunters. Presumably the idea is that Lawrence made a contract with the Moon Presence, which was, like, you can... Like, I, I will go and get you a new child. I will offer you a new child. So when German is like, Lawrence, what is taking you so long? It's because Lawrence has gone off looking for a child for the moon presence, which he plans to bring back. And presumably when he did that, German would be freed. But that never happens. Because Lawrence turns into a beast. We have a podcast on the moon presence, and yep. we have another podcast on Lawrence. Yep. Uh, because I guess if you're hearing everything you just said, if you're hearing it for the first time, it may appear convoluted. Okay, but who is who is listening to this as their first thing? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I will link more podcasts in the description so that the nonsense Richie okay. just said will okay. make sense okay. after you listen to it. Yeah. All right. If you don't know anything about Bloodborne and have never listened to a Bloodborne podcast before, and this is the first one. <laughs> yeah and um okay well as you were talking um i forgot to ask you okay like i guess one of the important questions what was the purpose of creating the hunter stream that's a very good question mm -hmm. mm, because what appears to happen is that you your character when they are passed out from the blood ministration they are branded with the rune, the hunter rune. And that is described as like, this is this somehow linking you to the dream. So it's like, when you're asleep, the moon presence finds you, or the messengers find you, because the doll says you found yourself a hunter to the messengers. Mm -hmm. So I think the idea is that like, once you're bound to the dream, you can't die for that the rest of that night. What happens is that your consciousness is sort of like saved in the dream. And then when you, if you ever die, it just like, it's as if you, it's, no, it's, it's as if the world, the waking world is a dream and you are really in the hunter's dream. So every time you die, you just sort of wake up again because like your consciousness is kept safe by the dream. You're like tethered to it. Mm-hmm. So I think it may have been something like, because at, at the point Lawrence did this contract, it would have been pretty desperate in Yarnum because the healing church was like falling apart at that point. And they talk about like, like German is sort of like he's replaced by Ludwig. So I think it's almost like a, like a safety measure that you create somewhere where the hunters can be safe. German calls it a safe haven at one point, and he's like, yeah, um, to, I guess to, to have like a group of hunters who are distinct from the church and also they can't die to sort of keep the beasts under control. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Basically create a place yeah. that gives you, I guess, or helps you create like immortal hunters so that they can go out and hunt. Yeah, or e or even just um, just hunters who are still loyal to German. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. Thank you. I think that's about it. We can move on to the next one. Okay. Okay. So now let's talk about the Moonside Lake. Okay. How was it created? Well, the Moonside Lake, like, we don't really know. Because we're, we're just saying that's part of the Dreamlands because it probably is, but... Okay, it probably is? What is that? Like a destination? Like a vacation spot? Well, I How do you I envision that in the real world? It's just like a flat water you walk on. Yeah. And like endless sky and then and then spiders appear out of nowhere yeah but they appear out of nowhere in in the chalice dungeons as well okay but chalice dungeons are different we don't talk about chalice dungeons okay so where in the real world would you see that explain to me richie well no i'm just i'm wondering like what it is like do you think it's a dreamland okay yeah it probably is you know, Bergenworth, if you haven't noticed, Bergenworth, like in front of the university, yeah. there's like a giant lake. Yeah. Yeah. We jump into the lake and yeah. then we fight Trom in the lake. Yeah. So obviously it's like a copy of the lake. But is it a copy of the lake if you can walk on it? Well, yeah, it's the Dreamlands. Yeah, I, I, I think it's more like it's somewhere that's halfway between the waking world and the Dreamlands. It's like a, like a purgatory place. Almost. Why? Well, it's just sort of nothing. Like, I think it's... Yeah, okay. okay. Well, it oh, goes gosh. with the theme of Rom. She has yeah. kind of nothing in yeah, her head, yeah, and this is nothing. Yeah, she's like a proto-great one, so she creates like a proto-dreamlands, but it's not a proper dreamlands. Yeah. 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 So you want to take that back, being like, I'm not sure what that is? Well, yeah, it's like, it's not quite Dreamlands, but it's not quite the waking world. It's like a place in between. No, it's a Dreamland. Okay, it's a Dreamland. Well, maybe it's a Dreamland, but it's like a, it's like a daydreamland. A daydreamland? Yeah, it's like, it's a Dreamland, but you're not like, you're just sort of dozing off a bit and you create that. <laughs> Your brain has been fried, yeah. and while you were being created into a great one, which failed, and you're kind of dozing off, and then you create yeah, that. Yeah, and you, you, you're not very bright, so the dream is just, what if this lake was bigger? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I just realized? You, you enjoy shouting. No, if somebody's watching this for the first time... <laughs> no one's watching this for the first time. If somebody's watching okay. it for the first yeah. time, I started screaming at you out of nowhere, but they don't understand the baggage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to understand the baggage at this point. I think it's a disturbing story. <laughs> okay. So, um, where were we? You were yelling at me. Who is Rom? Go. <laughs> Rom is one of the scholars of Bergenworth. If you're listening to this for the first time, go to a wiki and look up what Bergenworth is. So You have to specify which wiki. Bloodborne-wiki.com Also, a- Aegon has a video about Bergenworth. You could watch that. <laughs> yeah. So, Rom is a scholar of Bergenworth who 
was screwing around with a third chord similar to what Lawrence and German were doing. And she also made contact with the Great Ones. But instead of the Great Ones like creating a Dreamlands thing, she turned into a giant spider. And she wasn't enlightened enough, so she's like a, she's not quite a great one. She's like a failed attempt at becoming a great one. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets confusing because she is fought in this strange void place called the Moonside Lake, which is a lake that doesn't appear to have an end. It just extends to the horizon. And there is uh, like a white sky above you. There's no, there's no land and you can, you can walk on the surface of the water. And you get there by jumping into an actual lake. So, what exactly this place is isn't clear, but we're just going to say it's the Dreamland. And where it gets even more confusing is that Rom's corpse is found at one point. And it's found in a place that you cannot visit until after Rom is dead. So, it's not clear at what point the corpse was moved there. So it's either that after Rom is dead, they like dredge the corpse out of the lake and take it somewhere else to experiment on it. Or if the corpse has been there all the time and Rom is just like projected into the dreamlands in the same way that Mikolash is dead in the waking world, but alive in the dreamland. So it's possible that what was encountered was actually like just Rom's consciousness. And the the body of Rom is somewhere else entirely. And the Moonside Lake appears to function as a kind of buffer zone that's holding back the... What happens is that the Mensis are performing a ritual that will summon this red moon. And Rom is fought in Moonside Lake that is like, it's Moonside Lake, it looks like the moon, it's sort of inside the reflection of the moon that Moonside Lake and Rom are somehow stopping the Red Moon from happening. So when Rom is defeated, the the Moonside Lake itself, you start... Um, the Moonside Lake, the, the reflection of the moon goes from white to red, and you see this huge red moon descend. So whatever Rom is doing in Moonside Lake is sort of stopping the Red Moon from appearing, but it's it's not ever made concrete how that works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when we confront Rom... Yeah. There are these little spiders that appear called the children of Rom. Yep. What are they? I don't know. Try again. I think they might be other Bergenworth scholars who were part of the same ritual. Purely because, okay, you find people later on in the game who are half human, half spider. But also, the children of Rom, when you defeat them, they have a very, very low chance of dropping madman's knowledge. So I'm wondering if that's supposed to imply that they're actually, like, people who turned into spiders. Mm-hmm. But, like, to, to be completely, um, if you take that literally, then, like, the celestial children also drop madman's knowledge. And I think they're pretty clearly not people. But the the way that, like, Rom, the children of Rom just look like smaller versions of Rom. So it makes sense to me that, like, if Rom transformed into this big spider, then maybe the other scholars who were involved in the ritual turned into smaller spiders. 
And we actually have a whole episode on ROM that I will link in the description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think ROM is the Loch Ness Monster? Yes. Do you think sometimes, like, students from Bergenworth are like, oh my god, we see something in the lake, is that ROM? And then Willem's like, no. And he's, like, tugging on his <laughs> collar, like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> By the way, Willem, what happened to Rom? He's like, I, I think she's uh, she's just with her family at the moment. She's uh, she's got a, she's got, a she's got a new job. She's changed campuses. <laughs> she changed countries. Okay. <laughs> Willem, Willem, why is there why is there a dump truck facing the lake? As if you just tipped something into it. It's like, oh, that's uh, you're just repopulating the fish. <laughs> That's why he doesn't talk to you in the game. He's just like, <laughs> just won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's completely, like, with it. He just pretends not to me. Yeah, he's like, it's got nothing, nothing to do with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is there a spider egg? No. <laughs> Even though I spend all day sitting here staring at the lake, I never notice the spider in it. <laughs> what lake? <laughs> Why well, I had no idea the inspection was today. <laughs> no, I'm just imagining Willem's like this is like a surprise inspection. <laughs> it's just like fly-headed monsters and squids and a giant centipede. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I can promise you it's entirely under control. <laughs> like when they're looking at another room, he's like frantically shoving everything back in cupboards. Yes. <laughs> and they're like trying to distract Inspector. Like, look at this jar full of eyes. <laughs> Like in the background, they're shoving stuff in that that door they have. Yeah, yeah, the trap door. It's just he, he's he's hidden everything under there. That's why you can't open it. It's like oh, it's, it seems to be locked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Hmm. So I guess Rom is the great one who kind of created the dream, as well as the host of the dream. I I guess. It's almost like Moonside Lake is somewhere in between the waking worlds and the dreamland. Like, you don't quite go all the way through, so you just get sort of stuck in the lake. And then it takes the red moon to sort of let you go all the way through. Oh, and the red moon is visible in the lake when yeah. you beat Rom. Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, it means the red moon happened. Yeah, but... Because Rom is holding back the red moon, so when she's gone... I know! I know, Richie, I played this game. I did many lore podcasts with you. What about the people who are listening to this for the first time? <laughs> no, because what I'm thinking is, the red moon doesn't appear in any other places. And when you go back to Rom's... No, listen, let yeah. me finish! And when you go back to Rom's lake, yeah. the red moon isn't there. Yeah. 
It isn't. Yeah. Yeah. But it is in the real world. In some places, like in, in Yahargul. Well, this this is this is the thing. After you beat Rom, the game just plonks you in Yahargul. Where there is a red moon. So the red moon doesn't appear everywhere, but it does appear everywhere that you couldn't have gone prior to that happening. So, like, if you go all the way back to Old Yarnum or somewhere, there's no Red Moon. But if you're playing the game in, like, a completely linear way, then you won't go back there anyway. So I think the Red Moon is supposed to be everywhere. They just don't update it in places that you would already have gone. What? What I just said. <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Attitude. Okay. After you beat Rom, right? Yeah. You see the red moon descend. You get a loading screen. Yeah. Then you end up back in Yarnum connecting to Yahagol. Okay. So if you're just playing the game from beginning to end in a straight line, at that point you will just do Yarnum, then Yahagol, then Mensis, then beat the game. Yeah. So the red moon does show up in those places. Apart from Mentis, obviously, because it's it's in the dreamlands. But like there's a red moon over Yarnum and there's a red moon over Yahagol. So there's no red moon, for example, over Hemwick, and there's no red moon over old Yarnum, but those are places that you could have gone before. So I think the implica I think the game like I think the red moon is supposed to be over everywhere, but they only add a red moon to places that you, if you were playing the game, like in linear sequence, you would go after the red moon happens. That's kind of silly. Yeah, well, we know that like a lot of the game got cut out at the last minute, so I think they probably would have had a red moon everywhere if they had time to implement it. Like, it's really weird because you can, for example, you can run from Yahagul with a red moon through to Old Yarnum, and the skybox will just change from the red moon to the normal moon. Okay, so you're saying that's just an oversight. Yeah, I, th I think it's like they, I think it's not an oversight. I think they just ran out of time and like, well, we'll just have the red moon show up in places that you were, we'll just have it show up in endgame areas. Because oversight makes it sound like they didn't they didn't think about it. I think they did think about it. But then they were like they were under time pressure to get like it, the way they had it working then ended up not working. So they just had to do like the we just have to put it where it's essential. So they intentionally broke the game is what you're saying. I thought well they I think Sony intentionally broke the game. Intentionally made it literally unplayable. I think Sony did that and From just had to go along with it. No. Uh, okay. There's a there's a lot of Red Moon stuff that was cut out, basically. So much Red Moon stuff was cut out that I think you just have to say, like, the Red Moon is only over some places because they ran out of time and money to make it appear everywhere. <laughs> I think okay. that's literally it, yeah. Okay, and then would the Red Moon appear in other dreamlands? Or do you think that was never the intention? No, it appears in the Hunter's Dream. 
But it, the it, Huntress. But after it doesn't wait. When after you beat Rob? No, it appears um at the very very end. No, I'm talking about the Red Moon after you beat Rob, Richard. Yeah, but the Red Moon still appears in the Hunter's Dream. <laughs> you just experience what my boyfriend experiences on a daily basis. No, I can I can hear it. I can hear it when you get up and you start arguing, <laughs> and the microphone is still on. <laughs> It's like if 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 you're saying something and like I'm like no, it's like <laughs> and if I can't reach for something and I need it from the top shelf, it's like <laughs> and then he has to come from another room and get it for me. <laughs> okay. So for people who are listening to this for the first time, oh god, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I sound deranged. <laughs> um, okay, so the red moon, after we beat Rom, yes. the red moon appears in the waking world. Yes. But, but is it supposed to appear in the dreamlands as well or not? I tried answering that and you made a noise like an angry dog. No, you started talking about the hunter's dream. That's the dreamlands. Yeah, but in the end, I mean, like, right after. It's still a red moon. Okay, but it doesn't count because it's the red moon that, like, makes the moon presence appear or whatever. But they're the same moon. What? No. Yes. It's a different red moon. No. No. It's one red moon. No, it's not. It's not the same red moon in <laughs> the dreamlands and what? in the waking world. Why? What? The red moon just means that the boundary between the dreamlands and the waking world is breaking down. So the great ones can start to exert their influence from the dreamlands onto the waking world. So it's one red moon. Okay, fine. Forget the hunter's dream. Okay. In all the other dreamlands, do yes. we see any red moon? In, in the two other dreamlands, <laughs> there is no red moon in the Nightmare of Mensis. Two other dreamlands? Oh my god, I'm going to teach you how to count. Okay. Two other dreamlands. Okay. The dreamlands are... Right. Hunter's Dream, we're not talking about. <laughs> Moonside Lake. Yeah. Lecture Hall. Yeah. Nightmare Frontier. Yeah. Nightmare of Mensis. Hunter of Mensis. Hunter of Mensis. Hunter's Nightmare. <laughs> Five. Five yeah. dreamlands. Okay. In any of the five okay. dreamlands, yeah. other than the hunter's dream, does the red moon appear? It appears in Moonside Lake when you beat Rom. It's huge. Okay, aside from that, we covered that. Okay, aside the two instances. Oh my god, my boyfriend's like, what is wrong with you? Calm down. No, because Richie's okay. listening. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen, Richie, aside from the two instances, yes. one in Moonside Lake yes. after we beat Rom, yep. one in the Hunter's Dream at the very yep. end, yep. does the Red Moon appear anywhere in the Dreamlands? No. There we go. That's the answer I was looking for. No, it doesn't appear anywhere in the Dreamlands. Discounting the times in which it appears, it does not appear. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, baby. <laughs> oh god he's like please stop shouting it's okay it's it's uh, almost 9am everybody's up I think the neighbors might the neighbors might think we have a very rocky relationship because yesterday night I was screaming because I was playing uh, Alien Isolation Yeah. and today in the morning I'm screaming because I'm talking to you but the neighbors don't know that all no. they hear is screaming yes <laughs> Jesus okay yep yeah.
Well, you made me forget my initial question. <laughs> you were asking if the Red Moon appeared in the Dreamlands. So, aside from those two incidents, it doesn't. Yeah. And then my, okay, my other question was that... Smugness of, aside from the times it does, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, so my question was... Yeah. Was the Red Moon meant to appear in the Dreamlands? I don't think so. Okay. That's all. All you had to do is say, I don't think so, like a regular person. Okay. Okay. Wow, that's a lot of waves. Oof. Okay. Okay, thank you. Like how mine is just silence for long periods <laughs> as you scream. <laughs> okay, thank you, Richie. Is that all for the Moonside Lake? I, I Was that Moonside Lake we were talking about? I don't know. <laughs> this is supposed to be about the dreamlands. I outlined the questions to ask you because I thought this was going to be smooth and fast and without hiccups. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to the lecture hall. Okay, this is the worst one. So there's a trophy that says, gain entry into the Bergenworth lecture Lecture building that drifts within the realm of nightmare. Yes. Okay, explain to me what the lecture hall is. Who knows? (laughs) The lecture hall is extremely confusing because they talk about the lecture hall. Firstly, like it's Bergenworth and like the trophy says it's Bergenworth, but also the, the uh, key description, the lecture theater key in the Japanese text also just outright says this is the Bergenworth hall. And it's confusing for two reasons. The first one is that, like, it's not a copy of an area. It's an area that was just ripped out and taken there. So it's not like the nightmare of Bergenworth. It's just like a part of Bergenworth is floating in the dreamlands. The second, Mm -hmm. which we don't see any, we see it with people, but we haven't seen it with buildings. So it's extremely odd. The second reason it's really confusing is that we have no idea where it used to be. Like, there's not a huge... Like, if there was a big lecture hall-sized hole in Bergenworth... Yeah. There isn't, though. And there's nowhere it, it you can see where it would have gone. And the reason is that it literally is just the bottom two-thirds of Bergenworth. It was designed as one area, with the lecture hall at the bottom and Willem's Lunarium at the top. Oh my god, Rich, yeah. I know what happened. Yeah, but for those listening for the first time. No, it's like, <laughs> I had a hard time visualizing it. Like, where is that campus? Is it on the side? Is yeah. it, like, across? But no, it was literally underneath. <laughs> and they ripped it out, and, like, in a cartoon, the top bar just fell. There's a theory that, like, oh, maybe it was underground. Like it was, uh, But the thing is, it's got windows and curtains. No, no, it wasn't underground. I'm telling you, did you visualize what I said? Yes, yeah. I'm just saying that there, there are there are people who say that the lecture hall, the reason you don't see where it used to be at Bergenworth is that it was either under the ground or some people have said it was under, like, the lake. But the thing is, it's got windows with curtains. Yeah. So it's not like it was underground. Like, there's, there's really no way to make sense of it. 
I just, I told you, and yeah. I feel like you didn't listen. It was like a cartoon. They pulled the bottom out, the top went. Yes! Yay! Can yep. I get applause for that? Thank you. I feel like it's my best theory yet. Yep. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Yeah, and also, as you're saying, like, those things, like, it's underground. Like, who would want to go to that creepy university? Well, like, my, yeah, they have no. a campus underground. My my university had a pretty substantial, like, underground basement area. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, no. Like, not really underground, but, like, yeah, I where I went, there was also, like, some basement areas. Yeah. Where we had classes. Yeah. Hmm. I take it back. That's not a bad theory. Yeah, but they didn't have windows with curtains opening onto rock. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe it was like, you know how they have um, uh, the fake, what do you call the thing, Richie? I'm, I'm showing you the thing. Of that. Yeah, yeah, but like, they add fake lights to it. A Christmas um, tree? What? A Christmas tree? No, no, no. Uh, okay, I'll send you a picture. Um, uh, you're going to have to know what it's called in order to find a picture of it. <laughs> kind of, but I just used keywords. This. Like, it's not real, it's fake. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Can you describe for the audience what this is? It's a window with a light behind it and, like, blinds in front of it. So if you look at it, you can see it. It kind of looks like there's a sun behind the blinds but there's nothing yeah so maybe that's what they were going for i think this is going to make a really interesting comparison to the first time we recorded this oh god oh my god oh uh... <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know the first time we recorded it lasted like maybe half an hour yeah. and it was all on point yeah and um this is now 40 no an hour and 15 minutes oh my god yeah i envisioned it to be half an hour do you remember i know yeah you sent me a thing saying dreamlands brackets 30 min and it's uh currently 76 (laughs) if if i will link the first dreamlands um in the description just so you guys have a feel for the for how it used to be hmm (sighs) <sighs> yeah. Mm. Hmm. So. <laughs> so. Who do we encounter in the lecture building? <laughs> N- no one. It's just a bunch of slime people. Oh, and patches. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's not no one. It's a bunch of slime people and patches and the giant, right? <laughs> Yeah, isn't the giant right? Well, we talked about the giant in our Sana podcast. Was it with Sana? I don't remember talking about the giant. No, oh, no, no. Okay, no. Okay, if, to understand this one, everyone will need to watch two podcasts. <laughs> this is this getting is more and more intricate. It's like some horrible comic book where, like, the references all have an asterisk <laughs> and it's like, see issue 75 down the bottom. Yeah, exactly, because what, what happened is, is we were talking about Final Fantasy <laughs> Final Fantasy with um, Sana, right. and you guys brought up uh, Blitzball. 
Right. And then we were talking about the giant in the following episode. We were talking about um, Mansas and Mikolaj and the giant with Bean. And we figured out that the giant was at the university on a Blitzball scholarship. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> I like how the the canon of these podcasts is now harder to follow than the thing they set out to explain to begin with. <laughs> Like, Bloodborne didn't force you to listen to a podcast about Final Fantasy X in order to understand the plot, but we did. This is completely counterproductive. We've actually made the game more confusing. (laughs) Okay, so... Tell me about the slime people. Well, they're the former Bergenworth scholars. So did they... Were they just chilling in the in the building and then they got pulled into the nightmare with the building i think that's the implication yeah mhm why did they turn into slime were they always slime is that how graduate students look like in bergenware did they like overstudy and they're stressed and it's actually just like sweat and tears they're covered in but they look like normal people underneath i i feel that no, my, my favorite is, I don't know if this is intentional or not, but there's one of them who, when all the other ones in the lecture theater aggro and attack you, one of them just sits there and doesn't get up. <laughs> and it's it's like it's like an actual student. We're like, I'm just going to sit here, but not actually take part in the class and just here for attendance. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think they're studying in there? They're studying light refraction. Oh, yeah. And how do you know that? Because I looked at the blackboard and then I realized that the blackboard in Bergenworth is a royalty-free stock image of some light refraction-like diagrams that they uh, they just got from like a stock a stock image collection. And how did you realize that? Google. <laughs> did you reverse Google it, or did you literally search blackboards? No, I, I just, I, yeah, I just looked like royalty-free blackboard images to see if it showed up, and it did. It was like the, it's like the first hit. Oh, that's cool. It's used on the front of a lot of like uh, maths textbooks. Hmm. I don't know how relevant it is, but like it's, it's. <laughs> It kind of makes sense because Bergenworth are obsessed with the moon and obsessed with eyes. So this thing about how like yeah. light works with lenses is sort of relevant, I think. Yeah. Um, patches is also in there. Yeah. We have a whole episode on Patches as well. Do we? God. Yeah, we do. Did you forget? Yeah, I have. It was back when we were doing Dark Souls episodes. So it's about Patches in... In Dark Souls or Patches in Bloodborne? It was about Patches in, like, From Games. Oh, okay. And we talked about Pachinko Machines and yeah. all that. Yeah, Um, We're supposed to be talking about the Dreamlands. Yeah. Um, so, so, so the lecture hall got ripped out of the real world into the Dreamlands. Why? We don't know, and they never specify exactly what happened. 
they just say it's there. Mm-hmm. You could say that the uh, the amygdala did it. Because Bergenworth, one of the notes in the lecture hall is like, you see one that says uh, three third chords, meaning that they've realized that you need three of the third chords to properly ascend. And then next to that is another note that says, like, hunt the great ones, meaning if we hunt the great ones, we can get another two chords and ascend ourselves properly. Mm-hmm. And part of the lecture building opens onto the nightmare frontier where the amygdala is. Right, yeah. And it's it's where the amygdala takes you if you have the tonsil stone. So I think the idea is that Bergenworth were hunting amygdala because they're trying to hunt the great ones down to get third chords. And something went wrong trying to contact amygdala and the lecture hall got snatched into the nightmare. Okay. And yeah, and the lecture hall is what leads you to the nightmare frontier. It's yeah, one side is the nightmare frontier, the other side is nightmare of menses. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. So it's like a like a hallway. Yeah, it's it's like a like a buffer zone. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just needed like a zone to go from one nightmare to the other. They just need a little bridge. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else about the lecture hall? There's an auger of Ibriatus there. There is? Yeah. Huh. And I feel like we talked about this, uh, how all the nightmares and dreamlands, they have some sort of scenery, but this is like, there's nothing outside. It's just like floating. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's like a purple kind of cloud effect outside the doors, and that's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, uh, thank you. Now, let's move on to the Nightmare Frontier. Uh-huh. And you have a whole, like, giant video on the Nightmare Frontier on your channel, right? Well, well... Well, what? No, I don't really. No? I have a video that's kind of about things in the Nightmare Frontier, but it was the first thing I made, and I don't think people should watch it. No, I think it's really good. It talks about its connection to Lauren, right? Yeah. We can just talk about that now, it'll be better. Just listen to this. Okay, so talk to me about the Nightmare Frontier, its connection to Laura and, and all that jazz. Okay, so I think for the sake of like not constantly repeating ourselves, we should consider the Nightmare Frontier and the Nightmare of Memphis to be the same area. Mm-hmm. In the same way that you would consider like Yarnum and Cathedral Ward to be the same area. Mm-hmm. Even though they technically referred to as two different things. So, the Nightmare Frontier slash Nightmare of Mensis is very, very heavily implied to be the ruins of a place called Lauren that you can visit in the Chalice Dungeons. And the DLC, I think, makes that stronger by connecting it to 
Um, by what the DLC does is the DLC introduces this thing called the Hunter's Nightmare. That's like a nightmare. It's like a nightmare uh, created out of Yarnum. So it's just bits and pieces of Yarnum floating around, and there's like it's distorted, and there's monsters running around and stuff. So the implication seems to be that the Nightmare Frontier slash Nightmare of Mensis area is Lord's equivalent of that. That at some point, you know, Lauren was going through what Yanim is going through now. It ended up with its own nightmare reflection, and that's where we end up going. Because there are these things there called the Silver Beasts, and if you go into the Lauren Chalice Dungeons, they explicitly call them like the Lauren Silver Beast. And you need this item called the Bastard of Lauren that's meant to be like, this is a, a dead child from Lauren. And if you look at them, like, they look very much like an infant version of the giants in the Nightmare Frontier. The giants in the Nightmare Frontier are called, like, the, the abandoned, giant abandoned child or something, using the same word that becomes bastard in the Bastard of Lauren description. And, like, one of the things that we mentioned with Bean is, like, again, this, this is not some, not really explicitly pointed out it's just like a, a design thing the nightmare of mensis area looks a lot like the grand cathedral in yana and it's got a similar sort of like like the silver beasts in that area they walk around with burning torches like the the transformed huntsman in yana walk around with burning torches and they're on like a bridge that is there's like a, a bridge area, and then on the other side of the bridge, you can see this huge glowing. We know it's a brain, but you can't make it out at the time. There's like a big tower with a big glowing thing in it, and then either side of that tower are these two uh, buildings that are just called the cathedral cradles. And that's very, very similar to the way Yarnum is designed, where you have like a bridge, and there's the huntsman with the torches on the bridge, and then over the horizon, you see this huge building with a glowing clock and then there's like holes either side of it so it, it seems to be like drawing a parallel between Yarnum and Lauren and saying like this is this was maybe Lauren's equivalent of the healing church hmm. cool thank you so who created the nightmare frontier slash nightmare of Mensis? well we don't know because the nightmare the hunter's nightmare is like it's it's described as like Cos creates the Hunter's Nightmare, but uh, and Cos creates it in like this this copy of the Fishing Hamlet where Cos is killed and the orphan is killed. But what happens is the way it's described is like Cos creates the point from which the nightmare grows. So then the Hamlet is there, but then as you go away from the Hamlet, you start seeing just like bits and pieces of Yarnum that has nothing to do with Cos. It's just that the nightmare began there and then all the sort of consciousnesses that end up coalesced in the nightmare start creating more and more of it. So you see like cause curses, then there's the hamlet with causes followers, that's cause, but then as the the cursed people try to research into the great ones and learn about them, they start creating a nightmare research hall. And then like it, it's uh it flows kind of downhill from from the hamlet so you have the research hall and then at the bottom of the research hall you have the memories of when everything starts to go wrong so you get 
these prisons with these hunters trapped in them and you have Ludwig and a river of blood. And then you follow that down and there's like this river of blood that terminates in like a nightmare sort of destroyed version of Jan. And then at the very end of that, there is Lawrence in the cathedral, like burning. So you get, it's like the story itself sort of like you get the whole history of the healing church from the first encounter at the Hamlet through to Lawrence disappearing. So it, it's an amalgamation of all of the people that are trapped there. Okay, but my question was, how was the Nightmare Frontier slash Nightmare of Mensis created? Or who created it? No, I mean, we don't know. It's the same thing. That, like, okay. some great one was encountered by the people in Lauren, created a similar thing, and then we don't know from that point onward. Like... Like, again, the reason the Nightmare Frontier is such, is this, like, like, we were talking about it before, where the the Nightmare, the the Hunter's Nightmare, like, it's bits and pieces of Yarnum that are, like, recognizable. You just see, like, there's buildings everywhere, and there's bridges, and there's, uh, but the Nightmare Frontier is all of, it's just, like, rubble, and, like, rocks everywhere, and sort of twisted trees, and these huge, like, tombstones rising out of the ground. So it's almost like maybe because Lauren fell such a long time ago and now it's just the beasts that are left, then their memories of Lauren are fading. So it's becoming more and more like just rubble and rock because they don't remember what Lauren was like. And at the very top of it, this castle is still there, but the castle is where that huge brain is. So it's like the brain. That like I don't know what the hell the deal with the brain is, but I think that that might be their equivalent of Rom, just like this sort of failed thing. That that thing there is like that's keeping the castle together because it's it's almost they talk about like it's a legitimate great one, but it's I think it's like Rom where it's like it didn't quite work out. So they talk about like it's a legitimate great one, but it's um, they talk about like the brain was rotten. So, which is similar to the way they talk about Rom as being, like, vacuous. So, I think the idea is that that brain is is keeping the castle together, but from that point on, what is just these beasts and these giants that have forgotten that they were people. So, it's just, like, rocks. Because they can't conceptualize anything else, you know? Okay. Yeah. And we also have a couple of episodes on menses and stuff which I will link in the description if people want to know a little more about it. And you have an episode on... No, you have an episode on Lauren. Do you have an episode on Mensis? No. No? No. Okay. Um, and so I guess we talked about um, the Nightmare Frontier, the Nightmare of Mensis, and the Hunter's Nightmare all yeah. together. Yeah. Is there anything else to say about them? Um, well, you can see what appears to be the Hunter's Nightmare from the Nightmare of Mensas. How so? Because the Hunter's Nightmare, when you reach the very top of it, um, they do this is, um, they flag this up intentionally. On the way to the top of the hunter's nightmare, this snail woman falls out of the sky and dies. And it's never like, they don't 
it just sort of happens and it appears to be random. Then when you get to the very top and you look down over the, you you get to the very top and you end up on this sort of bridge with uh, water either side of you. If you look down into the water, you see the hunter's nightmare below you. You see where the woman fell and you realize, oh, what's happened is she's fallen from up here down there. So they're, they're deliberately like making you think, hey, this is all like vertically stacked and you just can't see the thing above you, but you can see the thing that's below you. And all around the fishing hamlet area, there are these sails from sailboats. And those are the same sailboats you can see from the Nightmare Frontier. So the implication is the Nightmare Frontier is above the fishing hamlet. Which, like, kind of connects cause to Lauren. Because in the Nightmare Frontier, you see these these strange creatures that look kind of like Cos. So I think the idea is that Cos was created in Lauren. And then that's why Cos appears in, like, the Hamlet. Because they're somehow close to each other. And maybe maybe above the Nightmare of Mensis, there's, like, a Nightmare of East or something. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, and we have an episode on, on stuff. I think we, we have an episode on everything. <laughs> well, specifically is what was it? Okay, I'd say I'd say it's rare that we have an episode. We have about ten episodes on each thing at this point. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, what, what was the episode we talked about? The dungeons. Okay, I'll find it and I'll link it. Okay. Remember, we talked about the dungeons. Oh, it was something stupid. Ah. Oh. Oh, yeah, and when I, like, went to the Wikipedia and started reading each enemy we find in a dungeon. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. I just don't remember what was the point of that. Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone remembers what the point of that was. <laughs> oh, Corvo dropped something. Where is he? And he ran away. Okay. All right, thank you. So, one last thing I'd like to touch on is um, how we can get to each nightmare slash dream starting with the hunter's dream how do we get there when we pass out during the blood ministration the messengers crawl on us and then the doll says so you found yourselves a hunter that seems to be the point at which we're branded with this rune so we end up in the hunter's dream because the rune is on our mind and then we are Presumably, like, the game expects you to die to the Scourge Beast. So when the Scourge Beast kills us rather than dying, we we wake up in this dream. Mm-hmm. So we stay there up until German uh, decapitates us, and it's like the decapitation sort of severs your link to the moon presence. So from that point onward, you, you will not go back again. Okay, perfect. Now, what about the Moonside Lake? How do we get there, and how can we leave it? That's a very good question. We get there by jumping off a pier, and we... I don't know how, like, we leave, because we just sort of, when the red moon happens, we just black out, and then we wake up again somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure, like, the only reason they let you go back there is that you might have left your blood echoes there. Mm -hmm. There's literally no reason you would ever go back there. Well, m- maybe you need, like, just a 
quiet place to meditate. Well, I, I used it when I was making gifts of the different guns in Bloodborne. Because it's just like a... Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. And when you go back there, there's like a ringing sound or something. Is that? Like, it's not... Yeah, like, I think it's not quiet. There's like a... There's like a sound. Oh, okay. Okay, but like, if a regular person is like, oh, I'm gonna go skinny dipping in this lake, and then they end up where Rom is? Yeah. And then what? Well, they probably just leave Rom alone, because they're normal. But how do they leave? It's gonna be awkward. You're gonna be like, hey, so, um, how do I leave? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yarnum leaves. Yeah, but that's like her projection yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. What about the lecture hall? You get there because an amygdala grabs you while you have the tonsil stone, and then you just end up in the lecture hall. Cool. Um. And how do you leave the lecture hall? Like, with a lamp? The door. Isn't there a lamp in the lecture? Well, there's a door. There's no lamp? Yeah, there's 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 two lamps in the lecture hall, but you, you can see, just... You don't listen to me! Yeah, but you uh. leave using a door. Like, there's just a door that you open and you leave. Okay, but there's a lamp, so yeah. you can use a lamp before you use a door. Yeah, but that's like... How do you leave your Sefka's clinic with the lamp? Like, no, it's got a door as well. You just go out the door. <laughs> but not not everywhere needs to be walked to and from by lamps. Like, you, you can just leave. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, if, if you ended up... Actually, this, this ties into what you were saying about Moonside Lake, right? And if you did end up in the lecture hall, you could just leave through the door. And that's what seems to have happened to two of the hunters, because you run into two hunters in the Nightmare Frontier. So I guess they they just left through they the door. just left. And they're like, oh shit, I can't go anywhere. Richie, what if they were students who were just like, we've had enough of this. My PhD went on for seven years. Yeah. It's like two years more than they said it would go on for. I'm just going through the door. And then they ended up there. One of them's blood drunk. No, he's just drunk. He's tired of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Only one of them's blood drunk? Yeah, one of them has uh, their eyes set, so one of them is, like, milky. So it looks like he's blood drunk. The other one doesn't. Huh. And they don't turn on each other? Uh, no. Why did they turn on you? One is from the church, and one is dressed as, like, a hunter. So I don't know what the story is. Like, one of them looks like they were actually taken from the healing church. Huh. The other thing is, right, there's the bell maiden who's ringing all the time. Mm-hmm. So it might be that they're just ringing their own, like, sinister resonant bell. Oh, maybe they're waiting for PvP there. Yeah, that's what, yeah, they may just be being summoned, yeah. Yeah, and you interrupted it. That's why they're like, oh my god, go away, we're just trying to PvP. No, they're like gank squad time. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's 2v1, let's <laughs> let's kill this noob. Okay, so we figured it out. Oh no, my AI has leashed me, I can't go over this bridge. <laughs> I guess I'll just sit here and get hit in the face with poison knives. 
was watching um, Ali PvP the other day. Yeah. He's pretty good, but every time he would lose, which wasn't a lot, but like it would happen once in a while, I'd be like, GG, noob, scrub. <laughs> yeah. I'm so nice. <laughs> and then Mittens came along too. And then yeah. whenever Ali would win, Mittens would be like, oh, they let you win because they felt bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so everyone, check out Elise's channel, which yep. I have a link in the description. <laughs> um, so, the Nightmare Frontier. How do you get there and how do you leave? <laughs> well, you get there through the door. <laughs> we just said that. <laughs> and how do you leave? Oh, you kill Amygdala and there's a lamp. But you can leave before that. Alternatively, you can just, yeah, you can just use the lamp, yeah. Okay. Uh, Nightmare of Menses. Go out the door. It's a different door. How do you get to the nightmare? Yeah, you go out the door in the lecture hall. It's just a different door. No! Okay, I'm so confused now. Wait, but you have to touch Mikolash's corpse to get somewhere. Yeah, Mikolash's corpse takes you to the second floor of the lecture hall. And then the second floor of the lecture hall's All door right. takes you to the Nightmare mm. of Mensis. You could go straight to the Nightmare of Mensis if Patches just opened the door. Right. Right. But he doesn't. No. Okay. And how do you leave the Nightmare of Mensis? A lamp. <laughs> Okay, finally, the hunter's nightmare. You get taken by an amygdala because you have you have an eye of a blood drunk hunter on you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this guy must be blood drunk. Uh, and you're like, aha, it was a ruse. You're like, I'm a superior <laughs> being from another dimension. <laughs> well, one of this person's three eyes is <laughs> a bit rotten. I guess I'll take them to hell. <laughs> well, listen, Amygdala has like 20 eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe it's just confused. It's like, I thought humans had two eyes, but I have like 20. Oh, man, I cannot remember how many eyes people have. Okay, I don't want to look stupid here. So, you know, yeah. it's doing its best, okay? Do you think like the Amygdala should have had sort of nervous internal monologues? Yes! Instead, instead of the, yeah, the baneful chanting's like, oh god, am I doing this right? Oh shit, hang on, what do I do? <laughs> it's especially apparent uh, with Lance's video that he showed where their eyes are just like twitching in different directions. Yeah. It's because they're so stressed. All the other great ones are watching me, I better do something. <laughs> just like, they just like, that's why they reach down very slowly, because it's like, oh, I just need to make it look like I'm doing something. I'll just very lazily sort of like wave my hand back and forth until Erden stops looking at me. Yeah, and they're like, maybe the hunter will get out of the way, so it'll be like, oh, oh, you got out of the way. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, yeah, sorry, missed it. Silly me, I'll just, uh, just try again later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, and you know 
the amygdala internally or whatever it's called the false god yeah so it's like extra pressure because they don't even think he's a real great one right yeah yeah they seem like uh like a species of um just like thing that exists rather than a specific like great one yeah yeah and it's like you know how every great one there's like one of them there's like one cause one moon presence yeah yeah and then all these amygdalas are kind of like very similar yeah and it's like harder for them to stand out because it's like let's say you're in america's next top model and then if you have a bunch of girls that are similar like you know they're going to get eliminated because they're they can't have similar girls going to the end yeah it's exactly what it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay um how do you leave the hunter's nightmare? A lamp. <laughs> you didn't think this through, did you? <laughs> a lamp, a door, a door, a lamp, an amygdala, a lamp, a door, a lamp, a lamp, a lamp. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, the people who are trapped in the hunter's nightmare, when you kill them, in the hunt, that's like they pass on. So that's another way you can leave. Mm-hmm. Because the hunter's nightmare is kind of like, like a hell that you're trapped in. So if someone kills you in the hunter's nightmare, you're like you're able to rest and pass on. That's okay. Why, okay, let me ask yeah. you. Yeah, go okay. on, go on. No, that's why they're happy for you to kill the orphan of cause. Because it's yeah, like, but it's let like me putting ask it you. to rest. Yep, yeah, go on. Sorry, <laughs> I have a question I want to ask you. It's okay, like yeah. it's like <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this, Richie. How do you leave the nightmare of Mensis? A lamp. No. What about Simon? What about him? How did he get there? And why can't he leave? Well, he... he, No, but he can leave, I think. No, he can't? No, he's on a mission. Because when you encounter him, he's like, oh, you're sane. So we have something in common. We're like the only two people in the nightmare who aren't blood drunk. Mm-hmm. So he somehow, maybe he like killed a blood drunk hunter and stole their eye or something. He has gone there with the express purpose of killing the orphan of cause. So that the curse on the really? hunters will be, yeah. So the curse on the hunters will be lifted. I thought he came there to expose the healing church. Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. Like he's, he's going to find the source of the hunter's nightmare and get rid of it. Uh-huh. So he, yeah, he's just like a couple of steps ahead of you. He's not a couple of steps ahead of me. He's a couple of steps behind me. Because every time he's like, oh, yeah, hey, bro. And then I'm the one that beats the boss. And then he's like, oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. He's like 20,000 steps behind me. I mean, in terms of how much he knows. Okay. Like he gets to the research hall and Can he's I like. Even s- okay, Richie. Can they even summon him to fight a boss? No, you can't. Is he even a hunter? He's literally just like following me around. Like after I beat everything, he's like, Haha, it's me, Simon. I'm going to release you hunters from this nightmare. I bet. I bet if, if Brador didn't kill him, he would take all the credit. 
He probably would. Yeah, there would be like that cutscene, you know, after you kill uh, Orphan of Cause. That's yeah. the there's there's the cutscene, but yeah. like it wouldn't be you in the cutscene. It would be yeah. like Simon standing there, all proud. <laughs> no, it would be like Simon's face, like cut out and sticky taped over yours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you go back into the waking world, and they're like, "Well, the curse on Yarnan was lifted, and we owe it all to you, Simon." <laughs> Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Where no one else could help us. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> and his special bow and arrow. <laughs> An extremely well-designed weapon. We all laughed at you, Simon, but you proved us wrong. That, like, clearly yeah. Simon's bow blade has no chance of actually functioning <laughs> if it were a real thing. <laughs> So he just has to rely on you to do everything for him. Maybe. So then he tries to run ahead of you and Braidel gets and he's like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was the question again? Is this how you how you leave the nightmare? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you either, there's a lamp or someone kills you. Or amygdala picks you up. Can the amygdala pick you up inside the nightmare? Uh, well, in the nightmare of something. You know, when you... No, that's in Yahargul. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, wait a minute, Richie. Let's talk about Yahargul. Let's ask, let's ask Miyazaki. Brackets. <laughs>, laughs. That's one possible interpretation. <laughs> uh, hey, Miyazaki, did Ludwig kill Maria? Rackets laughs. That's one possible interpretation. It makes me happy when people enjoy my games. Uh, okay. So, Yahargul. Yep. Because after the, after the Red Moon, when you go back there, it almost seems like something between the real world and the nightmare. Yeah, that's because the Red Moon happened. Go on. Well, because the Red Moon breaks down the barriers between the waking world and the dreamlands. So Yahagul ends up, like, kind of squidged. So, do you think, like, we don't see it, but do you think that process created a dreamland Yahagul somewhere? It might have. But there might be, like, but we don't see any, um, like, there aren't any great ones in Yahagul. There's amygdalas. Do they count, though? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, they are trying, okay, Richie? Yeah, they're trying. I support them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amygdala, they try their best. <laughs> well, actually, there is a great one, I guess. The one reborn? Is that a great one? It's Odin. Okay. Well, Erden's <laughs> everywhere, so I guess Erden's yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> no, the one reborn. What is it? Um, is there a trophy with like that says something? I think about it him? just says defeated the one reborn. Um. Oh, it may actually call it a great one. Actually, hang on, because uh, they throw great one around a lot. <laughs> uh, blood yeah. One trophy. The number three. Google result for One Reborn is what is the One Reborn and why is it there? 
<laughs> no, it literally just says defeated the one reborn. All the one reborn is, is when they killed a whole lot of people in Yahagul to summon the Red Moon. The Thumerians showed up and then reanimated the corpses. Yeah. So that's all it is. Yeah, we talked about this in what? various podcasts. Yeah, you asked, but you asked me again. No, I didn't ask you again. Why am I looking it up then? <laughs> okay, fine. I asked you again. <laughs> okay. Okay, so if let's say the amygdala has enough... Um, Go on. Great one energy. Big moon energy. <laughs> Big moon energy, exactly. If okay. the amygdala drank our energy drink yep. made from lumen wood... Seeds? Seed, seeds, yeah. Which yeah. Consequently, must have. <laughs> uh, the Inspector Sinclair mysteries. <laughs> it could consequently make its own dream or nightmare. Yeah. Using Yahargul as a template. Yeah. With like the Red Moon helping it. Yeah, that that was a theory about Nightmare of Mansus early on. Is that it's like a nightmare version of Yahargul, but it's not. And for those who. <laughs> Who would like to know about the Big Moon Energy Drink? <laughs> Link a podcast in the description. So we have like, let's see, like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, like 14 podcasts to explain the things we talk about here. Yep. One of the podcasts is a Final Fantasy podcast. Yep. You know, in my head, because I listened to the previous one and I wrote down questions, I thought this was going to be like half an hour and it was going to be like super clean, super on topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How long? How long is this? Um, one hour, 58 minutes and 13 seconds. Oh, oh. Do the outro, Richie. Well, that's the end. What else do you want to say? I don't know. I thought, like, are there any other questions? Or is it just like, okay, we named places. We talked about how to get there (laughs) and then how to leave. Well, okay, because this is, like, this is a podcast. What was the question about Yaha Gul at the end? Why were we talking about that? I don't know. It's just something that I, it was inspirational and improvisational, you know? So you think this podcast is inspirational? <laughs> oh, yeah, very much so. Do you think it, it, it's inspirational in the sense that people listen to this and they think, like, I have to make something because this is just garbage? <laughs> Maybe. Like, if people listen to this shit, then they'll listen to anything. Yeah. Or maybe maybe they're like, oh, my God, thank God I'm not those two. Yeah, I, sadly, I can't say that. Um, Do you think we'll cause other podcasts to be cancelled just out of shame? <laughs> Why? Let's be like, I don't want to be associated with this series or this medium. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Which reach you? Okay, I have. Okay, I have one last question. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Corvo just scared me. Okay, Corvo, my love. Okay. Okay. So, you know how 
the hunter's dream is called the dream, but yep. other places are called the nightmares. Yes. And you say they're made of the same stuff, but they don't feel the same. Like the hunter's dream feels much safer and calmer. Whereas, you know, the hunter's nightmare, the nightmare of Mansus, the nightmare frontier don't feel as safe. Yes. Do you think the name, whether they're a nightmare or a dream, it just means whether it's pleasant or not, something? basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're the same okay. thing. It's just that, like, it's a dream because it's not out to kill you until the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Do you want to do the outro now? That was, um, what are the dreamlands? Take two. Oh, wait, wait, Richie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. One last thing. I just remembered, you know, so <laughs> sometimes there's a message that appears nightmare slain. Yeah. What does that message mean? That's a really good question. I don't know. Um, at all. Because it doesn't seem to be consistent. Like, it just seems to to apply to, like, very strong, like, important Great One bosses. But, like, it, it reminds me of, like, Dark Souls 3, right? Which has, when you defeat a normal boss, it says, Air of Fire Destroyed. And then when you defeat some other bosses, it says, Lord of Cinder Fallen. And people get very hung up on, like, well, does that mean, like, such and such character is a Lord of Cinder and this character isn't. And it's like, it just means like significant boss. Like, I think trying to read something specific into what nightmare me doesn't really work because you're not actually killing the nightmare. Cause the nightmare slain is like the, it's like Murgo's wet nurse. Uh, Moon Presence and Orphan of Cause. Who are all, like, great ones, and they're all kind of, like, they all have a nightmare they're connected to. But I don't really know because, especially Mergo's Wet Nurse, because Mergo's Wet Nurse, like, the implication with Mergo's Wet Nurse is that she just showed up. She's not really part of the nightmare. Yeah. And, like, I don't know why you get that and not for other situations. Hang on. I'm actually looking at the wet nurse because I can't remember. Because doesn't she have two messages? Well, no, no. what happens is you kill the wet nurse, you get nothing. Then when Murgo's crying stops, you get Nightmare Slain. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. So, like, in that case, like, Nightmare Slain's referring to Murgo. And then Nightmare Slain refers to Orphan. But then, like... Murgo didn't create the Nightmare of Mensis. So, like, I... It's confusing. So, does it only appear when you kill a powerful Great One situated in a nightmare or in a dream? Well, you get it for... We'll say you get it for Murgo, not Murgo's wet nurse. Yeah, right. yeah. Yes. Um, you get it for the Moon Presence, and then you get it for Orphan of Cause. Well, okay, the thing is, like, in uh, in the Japanese one, it says Nightmare Hunted. Okay. Which I think is maybe a better 
Like it's it's obviously it's a more awkward way of phrasing it. But it's like you found the sort you hunted down the source of like this nightmare thing. Like what's at the core of it, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, like you hunted you, you hunted an important thing within the nightmare. Because nightmare slaying makes it sound like you're it's specifically about killing the thing that's creating the nightmare, which is odd. Yeah. And what you said now reminded me of the note, hunt the great ones. Yeah. Huh. Oh, and uh, the amygdala doesn't give you that message. It no. says pray slaughtered. Yeah, and neither does uh, Abritus. Huh. Oh, crap. Is that the moon presence calling? It's telling you to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Stop podcasting! Stop podcasting! <laughs> um... So that kind of makes sense because the amygdala isn't really a great one or whatever. So it's yeah. great slaughtered, yeah. and Abriatus isn't in a nightmare or in a dreamland. So it's just like yeah. Hmm. Oh, it's a package. Is this Richie in the box? Richie, is that you? Yes. This podcast is so predictable that I recorded all of this in advance. <laughs> Or maybe you've been podcasting from this tiny box the entire time. That's possible, yeah. That's one interpretation. Brackets laughs. <laughs> no, it's a it's a hot glue gun. Uh huh. <laughs> it's my boy. Yeah, my boyfriend's like, I'm gonna hot glue your mouth together. <laughs> You don't find it funny, because deep down you hope it's true. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, like, what, what are you, like, are you going to cosplay or something? No, I want to, because I've been watching, like, craft videos on YouTube. Oh, okay. And my boyfriend needed a hot glue gun to begin with, yeah. and I mentioned it to him, and he's like, oh, well, it's time for us to move to the next step of our relationship and get a, Buy a hot, hot glue, glue gun, gun together. together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you when I started dating my boyfriend? Because uh, we moved in together, right? So there are certain things we didn't have. Like, we didn't have a TV. So yeah. we had to go out and buy one. And when I told my mom, she's like, oh, no, you know, are you sure you want to get a TV together? That's a big commitment. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was just worried, you know, about, like, you know, it's a new relationship. Like, I'm moving in yeah. with someone, but... <laughs> The way she expressed it was pretty funny. It's like having a child, <laughs> only worse. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um... Were we saying anything important? Because I can't remember. No. Okay. Do the outro, Richie. That was What Are the Dreamlands? Take two. A much more informative and on-topic version of something we recorded last year. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the podcast, or knowing about Bloodborne or video games or electricity, <laughs> you can check out other things on this channel. Why not watch them in chronological order and witness the gradual, yet extremely <laughs> severe... <laughs> decay of this podcast 
which began as a reasonably concise and on-topic discussion and is now two-hour-long rambling messes filled with irrelevant tangents and references to Sin's personal life. Why not support the show on Patreon? ensure that we continue to make these. <laughs> the link to the patron will be in the description. Yes. Help Sin somehow monetize the act of annoying me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess Is there I guess anything else it. I have to cover? And sometimes we do streams. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. Oh, and and we might we might be streaming Derosina. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So um Yeah, I'll put Rich's channel in this Don't just do a whole podcast as that. <laughs> Do 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 do